Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, last night, uh, the SAG Awards aired on television. Uh, SAG, Screen Actors Guild. Uh, it's a it's a yearly award show. Lori and Julia were on the scene, and they are going to provide color commentary as only they can during their show from 3 to 6 on My Talk 107.1. Uh, but we've got our own commentary from watching the teleca- telecast on the Colleen and Bradley show, My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. So were they particularly saggy? Well, no, actually, that's my favorite thing about the SAG Awards is that they're not saggy. They are like tight and they keep it to like two hours. It's super, they, they roll through the awards really quickly. There's no, you know, pulling any punches in between. Nobody's yeah. trying to make any viral moments. That award show is so fantastic. But is it like actually worth watching? To me, it is because if I'm watching the award show, presumably I'm watching to see people win awards and that's all they do is just hand out the awards. There's like little sticky things in between, but, but not nearly, not even actually. There were like a couple little shticks. Okay. The presenters do like a little presentation of the presentation. Is there no, there's no host. There's a Megan Mullally hosted, Mm. but she was adorable. But what I, okay, so let me just start with uh, one of my favorite highlights of the whole telecast, and it started at the very beginning. Now, you know that historically, the SAGs open every single year the exact same way. There are a select few actors within the crowd that the camera will focus on, and then that person will tell a little something about their lives, about how they became an actor, uh, and then they'll end it by saying... I am such and so, and I am an actor. So they checked in last night with, you know, a a couple different actors, and then they landed on somebody who you would find very familiar. And I'm just going to allow you to listen to this. It'll all explain itself. So somewhere in the middle of the road of my life, I found myself in the dark wood of unemployment and debt. But instead of switching careers like a sane person, I took a job at a local Trader Joe's to oh, see if I could hang in there with my career. And um, it's actually worked out pretty well. <laughs> I'm Jeffrey Owens, and I am an actor. An actor. And he, that was cute. he was totally celebrated by his fellow actors and actresses all around the room. Standing ovation. Uh, that, of course, is Jeffrey Owens, who you would have recognized from the Cosby Show, and and this was sort of a meme that occurred throughout uh, 2018, where somebody saw him working at a Trader Joe's, 
took a picture of it uh, and then tweeted it out kind of in a, oh, how the mighty have fallen sort of tone yeah. um, and, and sort of tried to shame him for the work he was doing, trying to make ends meet in between jobs. Yeah. Um, and then he got some work. Out and then of the he deal. got a ton of work out of the yeah, deal. Some free money that he donated it, from what was it Nicki Minaj or Black China? It was yeah, something I think it like must that. Have been Nicki Minaj, Nicki Minaj remember, I yeah. think. Uh, in any case, um, <clears throat> that was such a heartwarming moment because, really, part of what makes the SAG Awards unique is that this is it is all actors and actresses, and it, it SAG, the Screen Actors Guild. That's basically the union of of actors and actresses screen actors and there's a different tone to those awards as a result of that they are really honoring and celebrating their craft Mm -hmm. and one of the things that was sort of a running theme throughout um specifically on the tv shows that won sag awards is they would call out um the actors i think they call them i'm gonna get it wrong now like the the background actors not the people who show up every day who have lines who are named on the credits but the people who you see in scenes around maybe it's like the maid in the house or whatever yeah the same people they are they have the exact same benefits because if you're a member of sag you're a member of the screen actors guild you can go to the old folks home you have all the same you have all the same benefits at movies right um but they but they don't necessarily get the recognition that the big named actors and actresses do they work the same hours but they don't get the name recognition and so they were very like um, it was amazing to hear them honor each other in that way in a way that yeah. you don't hear them do on the golden globes or at the academy awards mm-hmm. um but th- so that was kind of a neat moment to see them all se- uh, all in a room together supporting Jeffrey Owens knowing the story of what had happened publicly uh, to him in the year mm-hmm. they were just all there for him but now i got to be catty for one second because one of the people who won something last night uh, for, I think it was like best actor in a leading role for um, the movie Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, Remy Malik. Yeah, so he won for his portrayal okay. of. Why do you have to Freddie be catty Mercury. about him? He's adorable. He is totally adorable. But can we? I just, I feel like whenever he talks, I'm wondering, did he have veneers put in and he's never gotten used to them? Have you noticed this? Here, listen to his speech. Let's see if you can I pick think- it up. Thank Queen and Freddie Mercury. I get some power from him that is about stepping up and living your best life, being exactly who you want to be and accomplishing everything you so desire. And I feel that, and he allows us all to feel that. So this is again for him. Thank you very much. Okay, this, what he said was so beautiful, yeah. and I was so distracted. Yeah. Well, because he has I, like a very distinct way of talking for sure. Yeah. Did you see Bohemian Rhapsody? I no. I wonder if, you know, because he wore a prosthetic for that. Oh, did he? Oh, yeah. So you because you will be Holly, you saw the movie, right? No, I haven't seen it yet. Oh, my God. What are you two doing? I mean, this so is many one of the best things. movies of the year. So is many it, other things. Yeah. know. See, that's the problem is I cannot get. But that's not saying much idea. because it's this year. Anyway, what I'm saying is it's a movie worth seeing. Um, but because his performance is like, whatever you think of the movie, I, and I have serious questions about the film and it seems like it's kind of a, you know, PR job for the band. Anyway, regardless, his, his role in that film, uh, was remarkable and it's because he embodied, uh, Freddie Mercury so well, 
But one of the things you don't realize about Freddie Mercury is that he had this incredible overbite. I don't even know if that's what you'd call it because it's just like this severe, like pushed out, mm-hmm. like almost like an overjet, like a protrusion. Yes. And and so she's talking about this the whole time, and you're just like transfixed with his prosthesis, prosthesis. Um, so it will distract you in the film, such that I wonder if perhaps he's like been permanently damaged, right? by that prosthetic because he and and he does it, and apparently that is exactly how Freddie Mercury was, like that he was just so. F- anyway, regardless, I don't know if that has anything to huh. do with it or not. But uh, you're not the first to point out the way he speaks. It was so interesting. Yeah. Uh, one more quick. Uh, I just have to really quickly make a note of this. Lady Gaga was positioned literally at the foot of the steps going up to the stage yeah. to receive awards. Yeah. Which meant Lady Gaga was inserting herself in everybody's sure. win. Like, oh, give me a hug. It was so bizarre. And I was like, girl, no. No. Switch spots with somebody, please. Speaking of Caddy, I really need to take Michael uh, B. Jordan to task. Did, I, did he have like an accident or something? What do you mean? Well, it, he looked like he was wearing a brace or something. No, did that's he have not like a back brace. That's a fashion or? harness. I thought perhaps somebody was trying to keep tabs on him because it looks like one of those fashion harnesses well it looks like the one that timothy chalamet wore but it makes me think of like the t- harnesses you put your kids in on a leash you know how that was a thing oh, yes i think it still is a thing it's, it can be and, and then it's disguised as like a cute little fuzzy backpack with an animal on the back you're like no that's a leash for your child mm-hmm. but whatever the backpack is for them to not know it's a leash yeah like, not for you and, well no i'm saying and it <laughs> you know makes it's a leash. you feel better like no, it's, as you're being judged by all the parents walking by. For me, it was for the kid. Yeah. Come here, put your backpack on yeah. so I can keep track of you. Um, but it's really just a leash. Anyway, he looks like he's wearing an adult harness. Um, and what I want heck? to put this harness thing to bed. It is not like Timothy Chalamet. Okay, fine. He did it. It was a one-off fashion, whatever. But Michael, you are so much better than the fashion harness. And frankly, I just... I think it dis- it detracts from his overall beauty. Okay, I am. Um, I really did think I was going to say we can't talk about this because I thought he'd had like some sort yeah. of horrific accident no. and had back no, surgery it was and an it was embroidered in a brace. Bib. Well, it's heinous. Is that Louis Vuitton? I can't. Yes, it's tell. Louis Vuitton. Mm. Mm-hmm. They made Timothy Chalamet's fashion harness as well. And, and okay, of, th- we can't have this happening. And why he wore it? Quote. Uh, why not? It was just like, bleep it. I'm going to do it. When you say to yourself of a garment you're going to wear on the red carpet, bleep it. I'm going to do it. That means don't do it. Yeah, that's an indicator. Unless you're Cher or Bjork. Right. Well, no. Yeah. 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 When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, there's a new Michael Jackson documentary that has been all the buzz at Sundance. And um, Bradley has done the research on it. He's going to share with us what the buzz is about and what the Jackson family is doing to try to stop it. After this on My Talk 107.1. There was a movie that was all the buzz at Sundance. And it's a documentary about Michael Jackson. And Bradley's going to tell us what the buzz is about and what the Jackson family is actually trying to do to stop the movie. This is the Colleen and Bradley Show. My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. Everything Entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer, And Bradley, tell us about this documentary. Ooh. I'm going to say get the wet naps out because you're going to need to like sanitize something after you hear about this. So um, I've seen like little he- headlines and I've purposely not been able to click on 
stories about it because it just sounds really disturbing. So the bummer is that you don't get to see this until the spring. This is going to be like a four-hour docu-series uh, or documentary um, that's going to air, I think, on HBO. And I think it's four hours. Anyway, it premiered uh, at Sundance, and it details the stories of survivors of his sexual... alleged survivors of his sexual abuse. Um, and... Okay, where do I want to start? Here's what I want to say. The Jackson family is about to get all Scientology on this thing. Like they're trying to shut it down. Discredit uh, the come out, you know, guns blazing uh, in the PR world, uh, calling this shameful and just tabloid trash and unsubstantiated. And they and we'll get let's we'll get to that. But the thing that caught my eye about this particular story is um Critics left because they gave them like a halftime. They did like two hours, then gave them a chunk to take to take a break. Yeah. And then come back and watch the other two hours. Well, at the halftime, a bunch of the critics came out and were like, I need a shower. Okay, I need 400 showers. In fact, that was what one of the critics said. Like, I need you're going to need or I'm going to need like 400 showers after this uh, this particular experience. And we're only halfway through. Oh, Um. Then another one said on a 10 minute break halfway through Sundance's four hour Michael Jackson child sex abuse documentary, whatever you thought you knew or were aware of, the content of this is more disturbing than you could ever imagine. And again, we're only halfway through. Uh, So at that point, I was like, "Okay, I am here for this. You know how there are those documentaries about Whitney and there's been documentaries about other controversial stars after they pass for whatever reason, like I just I'm not drawn to those. I am so drawn to this. And I think it's because we have not fully reckoned with Michael Jackson. No. Right. Well, we haven't been able to because throughout even, you know, the the trials and his life, we were always told do not believe any of these stories. And they were always pushed down. And so. We we wanted to continue to love his music and love his contribution to the arts. And so we allowed that to sort of happen and fall away. Yep. And so I don't I think we are drawn to it because we have not reconciled what exactly happened at Neverland Ranch. And I think everybody's sort of like, yeah, he was creepy, but nobody was really willing to say because there was enough plausible deniability that you just alluded to that we could just be like, well, I'm going to continue to listen to my off the wall album because mm-hmm. I really loved that. Mm-hmm. Although I'm not listening to my, you know, Bill Cosby albums anymore because, well, we reckoned with him. Um, so publicly, you know, um, he's still around. So that's a little different. But at the end of the day, that's what I think is going to draw people to this documentary is that a lot of us feel you know, a lot about Michael Jackson mm-hmm. because we were so moved by his career and his talent and his music. And honestly, I think a lot of people after this experience are going to have to change the way they look at him if these early reviews are. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mm. What flavor are you holding? Now, open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. 
Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Any indication how they feel about him. And I I don't think that's a bad thing. Right. I can hear the people out there saying, like, are we can't we have anything nice? Everybody's horrible. Why do we have to? I think when you get to the level of a Michael Jackson where this four-hour documentary, again, details two particular survivors. And we can talk about those details because you've heard of one of them, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's his name? Robson. Do you remember Wade him? Robson. Wade Robson. Mm-hmm. He was, I feel like we've talked about him in the past. Yes. And his allegations against Michael Jackson. But then there was another guy named Safe Chuck, who I didn't know anything about. But Mm-mm. that's a fascinating last name. Uh, anyway, um, but uh, the moral of the story being, um, now I forget where I am. That we are going to be forced to reckon with this particular story in a way we haven't to. And I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Michael Jackson's story in particular, if these allegations are true, is like a Harvey Weinstein. I mean, and it's not apples to apples, but it's it's the magnitude. It's the level of victimization. It's the grandiosity of ego. It's all of those things. And I guarantee you, not having even seen it, only having read early press accounts, that there was a network in place to protect him. Which should not come as a surprise to us, given what we've seen in in these other cases that you just alluded to. Yeah. Where networks were put in place to protect the perpetrators. Chief among them, his very own family. And I think now they're trying to protect his legacy because why? It's their estate. It's their it's money. The money. Yeah, exactly. He made far more money in death than he's ever made alive. Exactly. Yikes. Well, there certainly will be more revelations out of that, and we'll continue to follow that as well. After this, we've got some celebrities behaving badly on My Talk 1071. Celebrities behaving badly. We love to tell you about that. That's true. We love to tell you about them on the Colleen and Bradley Show, My Talk 1071. Streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. Everything Entertainment, Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer, and we call those celebrities behaving badly D Bags. Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of the Day. Who's your D-bag? Well, I'm starting to kind of feel bad about this, but I'm not. I'm just going to go with it. Um, Timothy Chalamet. Chalamet. I always want to call him Chalamar because I just think that's (laughs) Chalamar. Chalamar. Ding dong. Exactly. Timothy Chalamet. I would like to make him my D-bag today. Now, I think I may be slightly conditioned. Because I know that uh, the person who writes our blind items, NT Lawyer, does not like him and thinks he's not a nice guy. Really? And so I'm sort of conditioned to think bad yeah, sure. things about him. Yeah. But uh, this this went viral after the SAG Awards, the Screen Actors Guild Awards last night. When Emily Blunt and John Krasinski were on screen... Uh, during a, um, I, don't, I actually don't know which part of the the show it was, but at some point, probably when they were discussing nominations, etc., they were sitting at the same table as Timothy Chalamet, and Timothy Chalamet had his head in some sort of book, 
And it looked like he was more engrossed in the reading of perhaps some people speculated it might be a script. Somebody mm. spec- some people speculated he might have been anticipating boredom. And so he brought his own book along. But he was sitting there thumbing through some sort of booklet. Now, social media has determined that it probably was actually the program for the evening. Oh. And now that's what <laughs> makes me feel sort of bad. Or maybe he was having a medical crisis. You don't know. Like, what kind of medical crisis? Like, he was slumped over. Like, oh. That's true. Like, just looking real, real, like, belly achy and dead. Uh, No, it does look as though he's looking at the program or something. But also, like, do you need to look at the program at the SAG Awards? It's just going to unfold in front of you. You better be careful, though. He might clap back. (laughs) Okay. No, I'm over the clapping back. I will say you should watch him speak French. It's kind of awesome. I mean, it's always awesome to watch people speak a different language. He's like, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that would be exciting. I always love watching Americans speak confidently in in another language um, that is not their own. Like Sandra Bullock. Yeah, where you're just like, even when I speak a foreign language, I'm like, oh, you know, that's that's this. (laughs) Yeah, that's yeah. (laughs) That's not what it actually sounds like. But my point is. When people sound confident in a foreign language, it's kind of awesome. Well, you saved my D-bag. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Okay. Okay. So So I was going to call him a D-bag for reading during the SAG Awards, but it turns out it was totally allowed. You can call him a D-bag anyway. Maybe he's just a D-bag. I don't know. Just hope he doesn't clap Oh, no. How about this? Timothy Chalamet, he's a D-bag because he wore that dumb, ugly fashion harness first and made Michael B. Jordan think he was okay to wear one last night. If he had worn it shirtless, that would have been better because that's like a gay thing, like the gay subculture harness people. But maybe not to the (laughs) SAG Awards. No, at like, you know, the Eagle. Sure. Yeah. Okay, um, uh, Amy Schumer. Hi. We haven't talked about her in a while. Yeah, why are we calling her a D-bag today? Uh, she doesn't want her sneakers photographed. What? Why? I don't know, what? actually. So, okay, it turns out she was at the opening of Colin Quinn's Red State, Blue State. Mm-hmm. And this was at the Minetta Lane Theater. This must be in New York. Um, but, as page six notes, the pregnant comic had an odd request. Amy told Photogs. Did you know that's a word, by the way? F-O-T-O-G-S? Photogs? That's what Um, the kids call them. Photogs. That's weird. Amy told Photogs to shoot whatever they wanted and get her baby bump, but not to shoot her purple sneakers, said a spy. So, they didn't want her to take, or she didn't want them to take photos of her feet. But what's weird is that apparently some photos of her with those purple sneakers ended up in online publications. So her team started going after them, asking them to crop out her shoes from what? the photos. Wait, what? now I want to get to the... This yeah, is like, like not even... I, can I just point well, out, This though, isn't even D-bag worthy. This is like a Cobra gang. Yeah. We got to get to the bottom of this mystery. I do. Well, you know, the bottom, the soul. Literally. Of the mystery. Um, yes. And I want you to just understand, though, that you don't get to pick which body parts people can take photos of. Right. Like, if you have a bad fashion day and your pants are hideous, you can't be like, hey, guys, you can take all the photos you want from the waist up, but nothing from... That's not how it. That's not how photography right. works when you're a celebrity. Right. You, sh- barring your children's faces, there's really nothing that is off limits. Or you don't go outside. If you don't want people exactly. looking at your feet, put bags on your feet. Or if you don't want people taking pictures of your shoes... 
wear different shoes. Yeah, I did not. I don't know. Was it her shoes or was it her feet that she's upset about? No, but what I'm saying is, like, I understand she had purple sneakers on, and she said, "Don't take a picture of my shoes." But what I'm wondering is, was there something funky about like her ankle swelling? Was she worried she was going to have a Kim Kardashian? Remember when Kim Kardashian had those those swollen feet, and she was wearing those big shoes and they were like spilling over maybe that's what she was worried about but i don't understand okay, so what's now with i'm the looking shoes. at is because this... i'm looking at the photograph from this event amy schumer is this the one where she's wearing green yeah she's wearing a green dress yeah, the shoes are un like I, unremarkable I yeah they're just sneakers which is fine it's like a shoe no what is it looks like a pump feels, feels like, like a sneaker, a sneaker. Mm, <laughs> i mean they don't look like spirit. pumps but um but they're not like offensive I don't understand what the problem is. Nobody is a fashion plate that's posing in front of the step and repeat. I thought, well, maybe they were just like, you know, like mud covered or like holy or something terribly offensive. But to the point that you would get your team to track down images of these shoes and and have them cropped out of online tabloids. That's that's weird. Bizarre. Right. That's like Beyonce level. Yeah, and you're and you're not Beyonce no. level, Amy Schumer. I mean, you're great. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but do they have like a naughty word on them? I mean, what's no, the issue? They're just plain old shoes. Okay, I don't sneakers. That's no, Mm-mm. no, no, no. Anyway, so I thought you were going to get on her for something else. What have you? Uh, I, I can't actually hate on this because I've made a similar type of cake for a friend at a baby shower. Oh, but, the vagina cake. Yeah, yeah. The the cake from the baby shower that her sister. Well, I think made. those are hilarious. I do too. So nasty. <laughs> I think they're so funny. Yeah. With the sprinkles, also, it actually looks like a baby offensive. emerging. Speaking of cakes that are offensive, mm-hmm. have you seen the like pimple popper cakes? Oh yeah, the cupcakes. Yeah, well, not just cupcakes. There's like whole cupcakes. Like there was or whole cakes, and there would be like a person on the cupcake with like a forehead, and then like a big boil that they put like cream in, and so then you can like oh, the God. whole point lance of it, it is so that you can you lance can... it, and oh. it squeezes out everywhere. Yummy for oh your God. birthday. Ish, Who are these people? <laughs> I want the you appendicitis cake. Gross. Holly, were you the one that said to me, Holly says to me the other day, were we on the air? I can't I even don't remember. remember. Holly says to me earnestly, she says, you just really strike me as the type of person who would like Dr. Pimple Popper. It's true. No, I'm so grossed out by that business. That'd be like having a teratoma cake. Oh, God. Oh. Where you cut into it and there's, there's a frosting equivalent of hair and teeth. Teratomas yeah. are those cysts. That have um, hair and teeth inside. Goodness gracious. <laughs> I think that's going to be a trend for 2019. Okay. I, I want to okay. The more teeth you have, the more loved you are. I want to apologize. Make teeth out of marzipan. To all of our listeners. Do you for... know that those those cysts, they have stem cells in them. Okay, we got to so get out of here. So they can turn into anything. Stop. We're leaving because this is terrible okay, and sorry. we can do better for our America. listeners in America. Can we though? When we come yeah. back, we're going to turn this around. I watched a couple documentaries that made me lose faith in humanity this week. Oh, good. So yeah, no, we're totally going to go on an uplifting I want to tell you about Excited. one of the fire Festival documentaries that I watched and also a documentary that uh, that was recommended by Paul McGuire Grimes, our movie guy, on Friday. I watched one of those this weekend as well. And again, 
I watched him back to back. It made me lose Ooh. faith in humanity. Ooh, okay. But I understand, Bradley, so, that you can restore it. Yeah, if if you're willing. I've got something you can watch that's not actually trash All or right. horrible. Well, we'll tell you how you can take that journey after this on My Talk 1071. Well, I got on a documentary kick on Saturday night, mm, and fun. it left me feeling totally hopeless about <laughs> humanity. Wow. Um, Do yeah. you much? It's true story. <laughs> this is the Colleen and Bradley Show. My Talk 1071, streaming live at mytalk1071.com. Everything entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom. And, uh, oh, I just want to play this again because I just think it's so exciting. Brad found his way home from Africa. He found his way home. Makes it sound like Kaihu was having a hard time getting back. Well, it took a while. Bradley Trainer has found his way home from Africa. We're so happy to have him here. Thank you. But Bradley, just as you were probably landing, uh, I was seated on my couch watching the Fire Festival, fi- sorry, Fire Festival Careful. documentary on Hulu. So there's two different documentaries about the uh, ill-fated Fire Festival mm-hmm. that you'll recall that we covered at great length. At its demise, because I don't even think we really, well, we weren't the target audience, no. so we didn't really know a lot We're about it going like in. 20, 30 something influencers. So this was a festival that was put on by basically, um, uh, well, Ja Rule. That's the one that we knew about because we recognized his name. And then Billy McFarland, who was kind of a young, rich, up and comer influencer type guy who had had uh, a bunch of failed other business models uh, and he decided well we're going to put together the ultimate in opulent um you know concert opportunities it's going to be like coachella meets burning man meets everything you could ever imagine and it's going to be just the height of opulence in the Bahamas. We're going to take over an island. It's going to be, you know, everything that dreams are made of highly aspirational. And we're going to get influencers to market this for mm-hmm. us. And that's what's going to get people interested. Well, what ended up happening is the planning went about that far. And by the time people showed up on this island, there was like nothing. There was like mass chaos. It was terrible. Hipster influencers run amok. And there are two documentaries about this. One is on Netflix and that one is made by, um, the, the company that did supply, did the PR for the, for the fire festival. Okay. Um, and from what I've understood and Holly actually watched both of them, that Netflix documentary is a little bit skewed because of that. Versus the Hulu documentary, which has its own set of issues because um, Billy McFarland is currently serving time for fraud and uh, they paid him to be a part of the documentary. But that adds a layer to it because you really get the opportunity to see what a sociopath looks like in the flesh when they're having to answer for their crimes. So you watched which one again? The Hulu one. Okay. And I am telling you, when you watch this you will come away feeling sad about the state of affairs in our world where um, influencers run the show in the way that they do, how little they need to know about what their brand is in order to get people to follow them blindly. What people are aspiring to is nothing more than temporary fixes, meaning these young people want the yacht and they want to look fabulous and mm-hmm. they want to be at the place where everybody is. They literally were selling FOMO 
Oh, yeah. The fear of missing out. For sure. I mean, welcome to our culture. Exactly. And this is just not a sustainable model in terms of yeah. building well, not you know, if you n- upright, don't actually, upwardly mobile people. Not if you don't actually know what you're doing. There's no infrastructure behind it. And you really are just like, ah, I'm just going to do this thing. Well, and, on a, you know, long term, when we're thinking about like the young people that we're raising to be the people who, you know, take over our earth and our planet. It it's very short sighted. It's not they're not looking long term. It's like what's right in front of me that I can have right now, and that's what the fire festival was all about. And that's why it all fell apart, among other reasons. So we want we're going to watch the Hulu one because I haven't watched either of them, and I'm I'm really not going to watch two fire no festival documentaries. And Holly's recommendation was if you're going to watch one, watch the Hulu documentary. However, if you don't have access to the Hulu documentary, the Netflix is still worth watching. So you should watch a documentary. Yeah, watch one of them. But if you ha- I'm Bradley Trainer and I'm Don McLean. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Have both watched the Hulu one. That's okay. the superior right. one. And that's right. the one that I watched. And it did leave me feeling kind of sad about humanity. And those people are still facing like charges and stuff. Or no? Yeah, like, there's a like... lawsuit that's still out. At least I think it's about a one hundred million dollar like lawsuit. Civil lawsuit probably, yeah, a yeah. civil lawsuit. But Billy McFarlane is currently serving time in prison. Wow. Uh, and you know, there's Whoops. a lot of other fallout. You know, there are people who have not yet been reimbursed for their um, contributions in terms of food, etc. Ja Rule has not had to take any responsibility for this. It's it's a it's a mess. Uh, and then Ja Rule, remember, tried to spin out another fire festival. I mean, it's still, you know, like I will say they lost the battle, won the war because our culture is still rife with these. Like if you follow social media and people on Instagram in particular, there are there's no shortage of sort of these influencer gathering experiences. I just saw one on a cruise ship for like fitness influencers. And I thought to myself, Oh my God, there is no place I'd rather be less than on a boat with a bunch of people who look amazing in a swimsuit when I'm on a cruise. Right. Right? No, thank you. Like, you you go on a cruise, there's an all-you-can-eat buffet for a reason. Mm -hmm. Not so you can have abs. (laughs) Anyway, what I'm saying is the larger culture is, like, going full force into this. Influencer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the other documentary I watched is called Three Identical Strangers. Oh, yeah. So this one was just on CNN last night also, but you can stream it. You can yeah. rent it on Amazon Prime. Um, and it's an, it's a fascinating story about three young men who um, were their triplets, yeah. and they had been each placed for adoption in three different homes, and nobody was aware that they were part of a triplet family yep and they found each other by happenstance later and what unravels before you is a diabolical scheme having to do with a social experiment put on by a researcher through with the help of a uh, an adoption agency and the lengths that they had gone to to do this research around multiples being placed in different types of socioeconomic homes. And it was ultimately supposed to be a study about nurture or nature, 
but it was done just so awfully. And the lives of these people ended up unraveling in many of them not wonderful ways. Yeah, and this has been nominated for a bunch of stuff. Like this has been on, in fact, this was on the airplane when it, this was one of the offers. Was it? Yeah. I mean, it was depressing. It was sad. It leaves you with a ton of questions. Um, I, I did not feel satisfied with the whole telling of the story. I still want to know more. I loved it and I hated it and it made me oh, angry. Okay. Um, but so very uplifting. Yes, but I want people to watch it because I think it's important to see. No, I've I've heard many things about this particular documentary and and how just fascinating the story is on a human level. Oh my gosh, it really was. Okay, can you take well, away all of the? I mean, I can't take away everything. I have, and I've got plenty of hopelessness to spread around. But in terms of documentaries, I did watch. That was one of the ones I almost watched, but I ended up watching a documentary called Nothing Like a Dame. Have you heard of this one no, at all? Uh, I hadn't heard of it either. Um, and it's basically a documentary about some of your favorite British actresses. And they get together. Together. Here's how it's described. Together. They're 342 years old. They're in the seventh decade of cutting edge, epic, defining performances on stage. Blah, blah, blah. It's basically the story of um, Judy Dench, Maggie Smith, Eileen Atkins, and Joan Plowright all actresses you would recognize, even if you don't recognize their name, mm-hmm. Judy Dench, of course, yeah. and Maggie Smith. You pr- Americans probably yes. do because of James Bond and Downton Abbey, right? Among right. many other things. Mm-hmm. But they're all friends. Yeah. And they oh. get together on a regular basis. And they finally just got together most recently with a camera crew. So they just had one of their get togethers. And they've literally been together since time immemorial. Okay, that's 50s, kind of awesome. Maybe, the 60s, 50s, 60s. And they've had marriages together and raised children together. And, you know, uh, one of them, I think it's Joan Plowright, was married to um, Lawrence Olivier. So they just have all these wonderful stories to tell. Um, Joan is blind as a bat, which I had no idea. Maggie Smith, of course, you know, she found more success later in life as well. Mm -hmm. So they kind of give her crap for that. Judy Dench, of course, they give her crap. It's just like... Four friends together sort of doing what friends do. But when it's such amazing women like this who've been knighted and or not knighted, but right. Damed. Damed. Yeah. I felt worse. Naughty. Anyway, um, <laughs> it's just delightful. It's a wonderful, you know, 90 plus minute little documentary. Oh, I love that. And if you're on a Delta plane right now, you can watch it for free. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, put us away and watch that. Uh, Alright, when we come back, Bradley Trainer back from Rwanda. He's going to teach us a little bit about what he learned in Rwanda. On my- Virtual Health is here. Here for women at every stage of life. From young adulthood to living longer and stronger, Virtual Health is by your side with care for your unique needs. To remind you that age is just a number when you're living your best life. Learn more at virtua.org slash women. Virtua Health. Here for good. If you love to travel, you love cool experiences, you are going to love Viator. Viator is the world's leading travel experience marketplace. And for me, Sun Valley skiing is huge on my bucket list. So I just opened the Viator app, searched Sun Valley, and boom! Custom ski and boot fittings and tickets delivered right to our condo. Pretty unbelievable. Just download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking. One app, over 300,000 experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.
As fall fills up with activities and obligations, even a small time saver can feel like a big help. Grammarly is an all-in-one writing tool that makes clear, concise communication easier than ever, so you can finish your work earlier and head off to family dinners, social events, and fall weddings. Grammarly is free to download and works where you do, so every project gets finished quicker. Make sure your writing is free of mistakes with Grammarly's free, comprehensive writing suggestions and get an instant take on how your message comes across with the free tone detector. Let Grammarly Premium's sentence clarity rewrites help you find the perfect words on the first try. You'll be confident writing client emails, deadline-driven reports, and presentations without staying late at the office. Get more time back in your day by writing with Grammarly. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcasts to sign up for a free account. Then get 20% off when you're ready to upgrade to Grammarly Premium. That's Grammarly.com slash podcasts.